Welcome back to The Pursuit, the story behind the story, where we are taking more of an in-depth look at some of the stories that were shared at this amazing women's event that we hosted here on our campus. And I'm so excited to have my friend Tiffany McNair here with me to share just a little bit about her story and God's relentless pursuit in her life. So Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. Do me a favor, share um, with those listening just a little bit of your story in case they were not here for the event. Okay, great. So our story is unique in that um, God really has given us, well, we have four children, and of those four children, three of the four have unique medical conditions. And so this is clearly not what we thought our lives were going to look like. It's not what we had planned, but one at a time, God added to our family. So our firstborn son, his name is Ian, um, and he he's the only one who doesn't have anything medically wrong with him. He... Um, he did not sleep through the night as a child, so that was wrong, but, you know, <laughs> like, and we, were, we were exhausted, but outside of that, there was nothing wrong with him, so we, we felt like we were off to a good start, everything's going great. Our second-born child, his name is Nathaniel, and we knew kind of right away something wasn't right. Um, his shots would bleed, he uh, would clip his fingernails, and just the act of kind of pulling the skin back would cause his fingers to bleed. He would bruise easily whenever he was crawling, like he would run into something and he'd get a bruise that was far worse than what you would typically see a child get. So we took him to the doctor and um, it turns out that he has a bleeding disorder that's very similar to hemophilia. Mm -hmm. So they showed up at my house with all of this medical equipment. One day, they didn't even tell me they were coming. Somebody knocked on my door. I was a... a medical pharmacy delivery truck and they handed me a bag of needles and a, a box of human platelets and they said let me know if you need to know how to use this and I said I got it <laughs> and I shut the door and I cried oh, <laughs> I was wow. like I don't know what to do with any of this so that's kind of his story um, but over time we learned how to handle that and everything was fine and then my daughter came along, and our main concern with our daughter was that she was going to have the same bleeding disorder that our son had. Um, her name is Clara, and she, she did not. We were fine. Like, she was okay. She did not have abnormal bleeding, and everything was fine. However, from about six months old to 18 months old, her health declined to the point at which when we would take her to church, she would sit in a high chair in the classroom the whole time because if they put her on the floor, she'd cry because she just couldn't even handle other children because mm. she just never felt well. So I kept taking her to the doctors saying something's wrong. I know something's wrong. Uh, it took forever for us to figure out kind of, <clears throat> kind of what was going on with her. Um, but it came to a tipping point at her 18-month checkup because she had actually lost weight. And so from 12 months old to 18 months old, instead of growing and gaining weight on that, on that arch scale that they give you, she had dropped. So they ordered some blood tests, and we found out that day that her hemoglobin level was so low um, that a nurse told me once that she had never heard of a child with a hemoglobin that low that has lived. Mm. So mm. that was really hard to take in. Um, so we took her immediately to the hospital that day. They gave her three blood transfusions. Uh, two, two full bags, bags of blood over three different transfusions. Um, and that was kind of the start of her journey. She had her first colonoscopy that week and her first upper 
scope and lower mm-hmm. scope. And we found out that day that she has an inflammatory bowel disease. So at the time was labeled ulcerative colitis, later morphed into Crohn's. Um, that's kind of not the end of her story. We thought medication was going to make her better. That's what we were told. She looked great at the end of that week. And we thought this is, she's going to be fine. But those medications failed her. They actually caused things to be worse until it reached the point where she needed her to have her colon removed. Mm. So um, that was done when she was six years old. And I would love to say that everything's been better since then. But she was hospitalized after that as well. She went through. This is part that I didn't share during the women's uh, retreat. But she actually went through a point at which she was so bad even after the surgery that she was on a six-week all-liquid shake diet. She couldn't eat anything but strawberry shakes for every meal for six straight weeks. She had a pick line. So her health has really just been up and down. Um, she gets a shot every 10 days in her tummy. Like we just, there's a lot of things that we have to do to keep her healthy. Wow. That's behind the scenes that most people don't see. But anyway, that's kind of her story. So at this point in the story, we decided it was time for us to add to our family through adoption. Uh, so we looked at all these different countries. We landed on Congo. Now, when you adopt overseas and this feels wrong, but this is what they do. They give you a piece of paper, and on it is listed every single medical condition that you could possibly imagine that could be wrong with your body, and you are to check which boxes you are willing to deal with and what you want to handle. All right, so being the good Christians that we are, we prayed about it, (laughs) and we checked none. Oh, I don't blame you. No, we're like, we're we're done. We've had two kids who are already overwhelming us, and we think think none. And so... um, that's not what happened. <laughs> when we picked up our sweet Olivia, we actually, they actually brought her here. We met her at the airport. Wow. So um, when we picked her up, we took her straight from the airport to the hospital to have her just kind of checked over. And we found out that she had scabies and giardia and tuberculosis. That one always makes me laugh. I'm like, who has tuberculosis? But she had tuberculosis. She was dragging a leg behind her because she didn't have enough muscle tone to walk. So we're like, okay, all of these things are treatable, and we treated them. And six months later, we took her to the audiologist and found out that she's also hearing impaired. And so that was a surprise. Nobody told us that. We did not catch it on the first evaluation go-around. But um, six months into having her home, she had one word, and it was mama. And she called everybody mama. She called me mama and daddy mama. Her brothers were mama. <laughs> and the Walmart greeter was mama. mama. Yep. Wow. She'd tap the Walmart greeter and say mama. And I'd say nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't think she can hear. And she couldn't. So today she has a hearing aid in one ear and a cochlear implant in the other. And she is still kind of learning language all these years later. She's 13 today. Um, but it will forever be a struggle for her. And so anyway, this is kind of our story. Like, that's our story in a nutshell. We've had a lot of ups and downs, but um, this is the these are the kids that God's handled, handed us and kind of what we're dealing with in our in our lives. Whoa. Right? Yeah, I mean, a little I, bit. I, this is not it, the first time I've heard your story, but it continues to always make my mouth kind of fall open. Well, it sounds like a lot when I lump it all together like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a yeah. lot of hard mm-hmm. a, a, over a long period of time. You know, like you have this plan for your life and you're like, you know, one child with a significant medical issue is one thing, but child after child after child. And you're just like, 
overwhelmed, mm-hmm. overwhelmed. So with so much hard and one thing after another, what were some of the ways that you personally felt God's pursuit of you, especially when things were really hard? Yeah. Uh, listen, you don't always see those ways that God has pursued you in the moment. No. Um, actually, I think a lot of times you don't see it at all. Mm. So there were there were moments where I'm sitting like in the, in the beginning when I was sitting in the hospital room that very first time with my daughter, um, just knowing, Hey, she's really sick and we almost lost her. And in that moment, I didn't see God's hand on it, but looking back, I can. So, um, do you know, we got that, they did the blood test for my daughter. And before we got home that day, we were driving home. We stopped to eat somewhere on the way home. And that place that we stopped to eat happened to be across the street from the children's hospital. So when we got the call from the doctor, she's very, very sick. You need to take her to the hospital. God had placed us right there next door to where we needed to be, which was amazing because I'm having an emotional breakdown. Like I'm crying so hard. I can't tell my husband what is wrong with her to take her to the hospital. But it's just even in those small details, looking back now, I can see God's hand Mm. and how he led us through. Um, you know, when he moved us from Louisville to Cincinnati, he actually placed us within 13 miles of specialists that people fly all over the world to come and see. Mm. And so he moved us there right when we needed them. And again, this wasn't something that I saw at the time, but looking back on it, I can see it now. So it was something that I shared with the women at the conference. But there are two schools that teach hearing impaired kids. Um, to speak that are top-notch. And one of them felt far to me at the time because it was 45 miles away from our house. It was at least an hour and a half round-trip drive to drop her off every morning and another hour and a half to pick her up at night. And that felt like a lot, but the other school is in California. So (laughs) just like seeing God's hand in that, he placed us so close that we were the driving distance of that. It's amazing. amazing. Um, There are some stories I didn't share. For example... You go, was I, just a confirmation of, was this even the child we were supposed to have? Did we make a mistake somewhere along the way? And you do kind of, you do kind of question that if I'm being honest, like you go, did I make this happen? Did I force this? And then God shows you, you're exactly right where you need to be. So the night before we brought Livy home, she's um, our child that we adopted from Congo. The night before we brought her home, we uh, we were out of money. <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. You raise a lot of money to bring a child home. Mm-hmm. And we were out of money. So we're bringing her home, but we have to pay for her readoption fees in the United States after we get her home. So we know we have another big bill coming. The night before we brought her home, at 10 o'clock that night, we got a phone call. 10 o'clock at night. Who even calls you right. this late at night? So got a phone call from a group in California that had gotten our grant request and they gave us the money exact dollar amount that they did not know that we needed to readopt her <laughs> in the United States. So, um, it's just looking back, you can go, yes, this is exactly that you are on exactly the right plan for me, um, for your family. And we know that she's, God's like, not, God's not surprised. He knows that she's got challenges, yeah. but this is who you're supposed to have. This is your daughter. And I'm going to reaffirm it by this just exact dollar amount. Let me just show you that I am in the details and I've got everything planned for you. So, um, yes, there's challenges along the way, but we've seen God's faithfulness over and over again. That is so powerful. And I think mm-hmm. so encouraging for all of us to hear that 
sometimes we aren't going to see it right in the midst no. of the hard. Yep. But that doesn't mean that he is not working. Yep. You know, I a book I read recently was like God is never idle. Just yeah. because he's quiet or just because things don't feel like they're moving doesn't mean they're not. Our time frame is not his time frame. Okay. And the fact that we sometimes don't see it in the midst, I think is encouraging because a lot of people are like, I'm in the middle of something really hard and I'm listening to this podcast and God's just not moving in my life, yeah. you know, or he's not working or I don't feel his presence, but to be reminded that sometimes the heart is so hard, we can't see it, Yeah, well, but it's there. Really, if I think about it, I have not grown in seasons where everything's fine. You grow in seasons where things are hard. Exactly. And if you look throughout scripture, God calls somebody to do something, and then they wait. Mm -hmm. And in that waiting, hard things happen. It happened to Abraham. It happened to David. It happened throughout every old, <laughs> you look at every old exactly. character, and it happened to every single faithful um, person. And that's when their faith grew. They didn't start out as these giants of the faith. It happened whenever they faced these really difficult situations that they had to go through to see, hey, God's faithful in the right. good times and in the hard times. Right. Oh, that's so powerful. All right. I'm going to ask you kind of a tough question. Okay. And I want you to be honest and transparent with me. I want to know, were you ever mad at God? Because I think this is something that many have experienced, but never want to talk about <laughs> because we think we're the only ones who have ever maybe felt angry with God or abandoned by God, even if it isn't in anger or somehow that it makes us a bad Christian. So was there ever a point that you were mad at him or felt like he had abandoned you and everything that was going on? And if you did, how did you move past that? Yeah. Okay. So there was a specific time and I, w I don't know if mad is the right word. I, I don't think I was angry, but I was indifferent. Um, and this was, and I touched on this very briefly, but I'll kind of expand here with you now. I touched on this briefly with the women, but I mentioned that there was a time that I had kind of given up and I was like, God's going to do his thing and I'm going to do my thing. And I, I was kind of done praying because mm. I had been praying for so long for God to heal her. And I wasn't seeing how God was working at that time. And so this was actually after her major surgery to have her colon removed. We were told once her colon's out, that's the diseased part of her body. She's going to be all better. And then she was not all better. And in fact, she had reached a point where she was very, very sick. So she had, um, anyway, that's a long story, but <laughs> <laughs> she was very, very sick. And so I remember we had to admit her to the hospital again on one of these occasions. Um, and I was so frustrated. And uh, <laughs> I was just, I really was. I was kind of at the point where I was like, well, I don't understand what the purpose of praying is because God's just going to do whatever God's going to do. Mm -hmm. And it was a part, one part acceptance and one part just, I give up. Right. Like I just, whatever. Um, <laughs> do you know that that specific time that I was angry was one of her easiest hospital stays? And it makes me laugh now because what I missed out on was the blessing that I would have received by praying, hey, God, would you help me in this situation? And then seeing God be faithful. But you know, it's amazing is God was faithful anyway regardless of whether yeah, or not you prayed. whether or not I prayed he was faithful and it's funny because I was thinking whether or not I prayed he wasn't going to be helpful <laughs> and it was the opposite whether right. or not I prayed he was faithful and so that mm -hmm. hit me so hard after that to realize that the purpose of praying is not just to get what we want 
but it is just to build your relationship with God. Um, because the Holy Spirit is not there just to be your personal servant right. for whatever you need done in your life. Mm. The Holy Spirit is there to be your comforter, to guide you, um, to counsel you as you go through these things. And by cutting God off in that moment, I missed out on all the pieces of the Holy Spirit that would have been helpful in that situation. Wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So in what ways have you seen God work in the lives of your children now that they're a little bit older who have struggled with those health issues? And maybe what does their own walk with the Lord look like? Well, okay. They're still baking. Yes, of course they are. Because they're still little. What are their ages they're, now? Well, they're little-ish. I have a 17-year-old. I cannot believe I almost have an adult. But I have a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and two 13-year-olds. Still baking. So they're still baking. But... We have definitely seen how God has used this in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I came home from that night with the women, and I told my husband, I said, you know what I've never really thought about before is what would our children look like today if they hadn't gone through everything that they've gone through? Because my oldest son, even the one without anything wrong with him medically, he's watched his younger siblings walk through all of this. And he has a maturity and a leadership about him that I don't think he would have mm-hmm. if he hadn't had to be the big brother to ca- care for his sister, to care for his brother, wow. um, to be gentle and patient with um, his hearing impaired sister, to do all those things. I just don't think he would be the same today. And I think that's true for all of them. Uh, we see out of Clara, she's the one without. She's the one who who deals with the inflammatory bowel disease. She's the one without a colon. She is by far my most compassionate child. Mm -hmm. So she can see somebody in pain from across the room and she'll be over there in a heartbeat. What's wrong? Are you okay? And it's amazing. It's like a homing beacon. Like she can just narrow narrow in on people Mm -hmm. who need her. And she's such a nurturer. Even at her age, she's already serving in kids ministry. She's very involved. She just wants to help and it's genuine. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how God's going to use it in all of their lives but I know that they wouldn't be the, who they are today. Right. They're stronger today because of what they've gone through. And I can see that. Yeah. I love that God wastes nothing. No. Yep. He uses everything to mold us and shape us into looking more like Jesus, which is actually his plan for us, not our comfort, right. which we always forget mm-hmm. about. So I, I'm so encouraged to hear that, you know, and how we should be looking behind when God has been faithful in our lives to see what he's brought out of that. Mm-hmm. Cause we only see that on the, on the outside. Yeah. So with all that God has brought you through, what would you say to those who are listening that are struggling with a super difficult health journey right now? Because you can empathize in a way that many can't. So it may not be their child. It might be a spouse or a family member or friend. How, what would you say to um, encourage them? Yeah. Um, I would say number one, well, okay, let me back up. I've had people come up to me and say, after hearing your story, I feel bad for ever worrying about what I'm going through. <laughs> and it makes me <laughs> laugh because well, we don't, you, don't, you don't have to feel that way. You can feel bad. <laughs> I give you permission to, to feel, feel bad. bad. Yes. Right. Um, your, your struggles are hard and our struggles are, they, they come, they go, they get bigger, they get smaller right. and God will give you a dose that's perfect for now. And it's going to be hard. <laughs> Whatever right. that dose of hard is, is, is right for you in this moment. Um, so, 
So anyway, number one, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay to feel bad. Yeah, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to to question, to ask questions. Um, it's okay to say, why am I going through this? Mm-hmm. It's okay for it to be hard to see God in this moment. Um, but then I would also say, well, I would say this to you. If you are not currently going through a health struggle, spend now reading your Bible, spend now praying and hiding those words in your heart because when you are in the middle of a health journey like this, it is really hard to pick up scripture. Right. It's just mm-hmm. really hard, and that's being gut-level honest. But when you have gotten no sleep and you're in the hospital, and doesn't matter how many times you carry your Bible back and forth from the hospital to your house, to crack it open and right. to be comforted by the words of God, that's just difficult. Um, having said that, try. Right. <laughs> Try to do that because that's where you'll find your comfort. Mm. Um, And I would say don't give up on God. He does have a plan for you. And you may not see it in the midst of this, but, and I mentioned this during, I mentioned this during that night too, but I'm going to say it again because this is so important. Uh, the, The brutal honesty is that even when Jesus healed in scripture, all of those people that he healed in the Bible, they all died. Right. Like that's so hard for us to think about. He raised mm. Lazarus from the dead and later Lazarus died. He healed he healed people who couldn't walk and then later they died. The goal isn't for us to spend eternity on this earth. Like what's the what's the best outcome? He's going to heal you, okay, but no, the best outcome is that you learn to trust him through this because one day he will give you a body that is not broken. And a new heaven and a new earth where you'll spend eternity for him with no pain and no tears. So it's really, really hard in that moment. I hope this is making sense. It does. It's really hard in that moment to go, but I don't want to feel this pain now. And I get it. Right. I get it. I don't want my kids to feel that pain. Um, I have my own health issues that we've not discussed, but I don't like it's really hard. However, just remember that these things are drawing you closer to him and he comes with a promise and he always keeps his promises that you're going to get a new body one right. day that's not broken. So just try, just try, try that's <laughs> to important, focus your though. eyes on him and your eternity on him. Yeah, because this, this isn't the end game. No, no. Right? Yeah. And so you're right. He will be faithful to complete healing mm-hmm. one day, even if it isn't here. And that all these struggles are, like you said, to grow our faith, to grow our trust in who he is so that our relationship with him is sweeter and that other people around us that don't know him are able to see him. So as we close out, I have one more thing. Okay. One of the things that you you didn't mention, but I did hear you mention um, when it was during the event was that you're in Florida now. <laughs> we are. Right. So you have moved away from this incredible hearing impaired school. Mm-hmm. You've moved away from this incredible doctor who I think you said created. That's correct. The procedure that your daughter had. Yes. How in the world <laughs> did you move from everything that felt secure and comfortable that God provided at that time? What what was the tipping point for you to trust him on a new level and move away from all of that? Yeah, honestly, it, it's a little bit scary. I'm not going to like it was a little bit scary. I was like, oh, we're leaving. Um, but God called us here to Bell Shoals. My husband is in ministry here um, at, at the church. And just I know now, in hindsight, I can see that when God called us to move before, it was for our good to be closer to the things that he needed us to be near. 
And so knowing that, if he said, move again, we needed to move again mm-hmm. because wow. that's where your safety net is. So you think about the Israelites coming out of Egypt, and he said, I want you to go into the promised land. It's time. And they said, no, we don't really think we're going to go. And they wandered in the desert for, for 40, 40 years. years. That's right. So, I mean, when God says go, it you better go. <laughs> you better go where he's called you. And we trust him now because of his faithfulness in the past. Um, and every time we've moved, we've seen his reaffirmation that we are in the right place uh-huh. through crazy circumstances. And when we moved from Louisville to Cincinnati, um, <laughs> all of our things were on a truck and we were getting ready to move into a house. And the day we were supposed to move into our house, our loan fell through and we did not have a house to live in. <laughs> um, uh. right. My son got <laughs> and all on. your stuff's on the truck. Mm-hmm. My son went to school that day and I said, do not get on the school bus and go home because we don't live there because our loan fell through. So, um, but you know, that Sunday we had been at church and the sellers of that house saw us. And when our loan fell through, they said, we, wait, we know those people. That's going to be one of our new pastors at the church. And so they rented us that house until we could get a loan that would go through just because they saw us that day, a Sunday we weren't even supposed to be there. So anyway, all that to say, that's an extra story, but all that to say, when God has moved us, he's provided for us. And so if he's called us here, which we know that he has, he's provided for us along the way. And you know that since we've moved here, our kids have not needed, have not been hospitalized since we've moved here, which is pretty. That I mean, blows my mind. It's amazing. It's amazing. After that many years right. of in and out of hospitals that, that he would just say, you don't need your specialists anymore. She's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Mm. Well, I appreciate you being transparent and sharing your story with us because I know it has encouraged me to trust in the providence of God that wherever he calls me, he's going to provide exactly what I need for wherever it is he calls me and that those listening to can trust that as well. So thank you for sharing your story with me. Thanks for having me, Amy. All right.